Hello and welcome everyone to another edition of the Slaymaker Success Talks. We have a very, very important guest today, Miss Allison, and I will kick it over to her for her introduction. All right. Thanks, Kyle. So I am Miss Allison. I own an arts and yoga studio in Columbia, Pennsylvania, which is located in Lancaster County. If you're from York, it's literally just across the uh, Route 30 bridge. It's the first exit when you cross over to Lancaster. Um, we specialize in BYOB paint events. So if you like paint and sips, we are your spot to go to if you're close to the water. Um, we're also I specialize in canvas paintings. So I also do commission pieces. I have a gallery space in my studio where I teach also regular um, painting classes. So if you're looking for something that's a little more on the educational side, we do have adult still life courses that are usually about four weeks long. Um, we're just coming up to the end of those right now for October and we should be starting like a holiday edition one uh, for December. So if you're a new uh, artist, if you're just learning, wanting to learn some things, you've never tried it before and you want something that's maybe not quite so simple as the BYOB parties, but something a little more educational where you can still bring your wine, um, then you can definitely come see me. That's what we do. So that's kind of myself. I have my um, bachelor's degree in fine arts from York College. I taught BYOB paint parties at Pino's Palette for about three years before I opened my own studio. Uh, and here I am. I found myself uh, on the nice little river city, river town in Columbia. And we're a very uh, progressive little area in there. It's kind of interesting uh, compared to Wrightsville, how, how different the two places are, even though they're on just opposite sides of the water. Um, but it's a, a growing little small business area, and it's been exciting to be a part of it and a part of the Merchants Association and, and try to head the arts movement in the area. So we've got cool stuff coming up for Halloween, and I could talk for hours. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna stop there and let Kyle take, <laughs> let Kyle take over. Well, there's absolutely nothing wrong with talking for hours, and believe me, I know that you can. Um, so, yeah, that's that's incredible. That sounds like a great background, a great business. Uh, why don't we just jump right in? Uh, before we do, though, for anybody just tuning in, this this is their first Landmaker Success Talks. We take people who have been highly successful in various facets of their lives, could be personal, professional, academic, anything. And we pick their brains. We see if we can get any interesting nuggets of information out of them. And so far, none of our guests have disappointed. And I promise Miss Allison won't either. <laughs> so on to that, and Miss Allison, for Miss Allison or Allie. Oh, nobody calls me Allie anymore. I stopped that like five years ago, except for family. So I guess you're allowed. If you want to call me Allie, that's fine. For those uh, that don't know, I have been... I have been Allie's big brother for about 30 years. <laughs> roughly, roughly. Just roughly. a little over. Just a little, 29 and a half, we'll say. No, I just turned 30. Well, how is it lower then? Um, I said just a little bit more. A oh, bit oh more. I thought you said lower. See, still no. my little sister, still correcting me. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about how you got into art. Obviously, you've been very artistic your entire life and very creative. What made you go the art route for college? Well, uh, that's pretty interesting. I have always, 
honestly. All right, you know, we're just gonna put Mama Marsha on the spot. Uh, so basically I got my first sketchbook for Hanukkah and I'm pretty sure all of the art supplies and art sets that my mom have gotten me over the years have really kind of pushed me into the art world. Uh, I, I love to tell people that you, you know, you can paint anything, right? Like you can paint a wall, you can paint a canvas, you can paint a, a glass for somebody. And, and I, I really, I like to tell people that that stems from when I was little, uh, my mom had that pool in Aunt Jan, well, Aunt Jan's house now. Mm -hmm. uh, and they used to have all these big rocks underneath the pavilion off to the side. And she used to let me go out and pick the smoothest, flattest rocks. And I would take them inside and I'd wash them off and then I'd paint them. And it was just, my favorite thing was to paint these freaking rocks. And so like, I, <laughs> I always tell people, you know, you can paint anything, right? And then I learned that from painting rocks with my mom. And she always had these huge bins of art supplies of every kind of pom-pom and googly eye and every color Crayola marker you could possibly want. It was like heaven for for me. So I guess I was groomed to, to be the, the artist, uh, which interestingly enough, when I started going to college, I, I started undeclared because I didn't know what I wanted to be. And I took all of all of our classes in high school, all of them. Uh, and um, I even babysat for one of my art teachers' nephews or nieces <laughs> over one summer. And um, but anyway, I I got into college and I started going for psychology my sophomore year because I kept getting told, you know, if you don't go for if you go for art, you won't make any money until you're dead, you know, or you know. You, at least if you're a psychologist, you can work for yourself and you know you'll always make money. you always make money. you always make money. But the funny thing is I've come home to family dinners over the holidays and Pop-Pop would be sitting at the end of the table and he'd be shaking his finger at me. He'd be pointing at me like this. And he said, you should be going for art, right? You just have to know the right people and you have to be in the right circles, you know? And ironically, circles are my favorite shape. But, uh, you know, it's just funny that um, how things ended up changing for me when I started going for psychology and I, I got about three years, I'm, I, I literally had one more year's worth of credits to take and I would have graduated with my bachelor's in psychology and I, I couldn't study what I wanted to study because it just wasn't, <laughs> wasn't legal yet. And, um, and it was just, I, I hated it. I was like, you know what, I don't want to spend my whole life dealing with other people's shit when I can't even handle my own, you know? And uh, so I, I decided, you know, I, I, I needed to change and I had an opportunity before it was too late to take at least half of my credits and use my gen eds and just switch over to art and take maybe an extra year to get that bachelor's degree. And I did, um, but I definitely don't regret it by any means. And I've learned a lot of things, even just from reading my own on my own. Um, business-wise and then experiencing things with people and making sure that I'm working in the right in the right places like uh, working for Pino's palette as soon as I as soon as I graduated the next year I started working for Pino's and I helped them open and that gave me three years of teaching experiences of full weekends of you know 75 different people and and just having that under my belt so a lot of being successful in it I think isn't necessarily um what you do, but how you do it and how you represent yourself and how you choose to use your time. Perfect. So, 
here I'm an artist and I'm successful at it I'm up to my ass in commissions right now and I love every single client that I have and I'm doing what I love to do and it's it's I mean I'm okay get get with COVID I'm floating okay I'm not I'm not perfect yet I'm still growing but I'm at the point where I'm at least able to sustain myself with what I have uh, and it is growing and I'm I'm learning every day good good for our listeners or viewers whoever is doing either of the uh, of the two our grandmother as you heard Allie, miss allison <laughs> mentioned so lovingly and affectionately my mom uh miss allison did get a whole bunch of art sets uh, i did not get the same treatment i got a chemistry set uh, <laughs> i got a chemistry set one year and my mom very quickly decided i would be getting no more sets of anything because it was, it was a rough go for her, but hey, it was fun nonetheless. And Miss Allison also mentioned our, our grandfather, Pop Hop. He was one of the most incredibly intelligent business people you would ever meet, ever. And the fact that he told Miss Allison exactly what he knew she should be going for speaks absolute volume. So keep that little bit of, bit of information in your pockets. Can I add one more thing about pop-ups? You can add anything you want. Okay, while we're talking about pop-ups. So we all know that pop-ups famous number was <laughs> 212, right? Yes. So I have been seeing this number pop up everywhere in my life in the past year, especially since I opened my studio. So before they finished my building, there was only one key to access the entire building. And it wasn't until about maybe eight or nine months ago when other businesses finally started moving in because the building's getting finished that they gave me a separate key for my actual studio. So when I looked at the key that they gave me, the last three digits on it are 212, right? So also I'm, I'm in Red's car on the way to Pittsburgh, like right before we started, the week before we started dating, we went up to go see a friend of ours and I'm, I'm looking at the front of his car and on his dashboard, right? It tells you the, the temperature of whatever's going on inside his car, right? And the number is always 212, right? So this little number has been following me everywhere. And I also have a pet dead butterfly now that is identical to the one that was in my hermit crab cage when I was born. You still, you still have a, so this is a new dead pet butterfly. It's a new one. And it, it like, it was, they found it on the second floor in our building when they were ripping all the windows out, it had landed itself right in front of my door and died. And one of the guys that worked there that's, that I'm good friends with now, um, actually picked it up and took it inside my studio and stuck it in one of my plants. And I had no fucking clue where this thing came from. Right. So like I come in, I come into my studio the next day and this is like a week after pop pop dies. Right. So like I come into my studio and I see this dead butterfly just chilling in my orchids that my mom got me and I'm freaking out. I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, what does this mean? And it wasn't until like a couple of days later when one of the workers happened to be there at the same time was like, Oh, you saw these and I noticed you like dead things. So I put this in here on your plant. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Guys, get used to, to Miss Allison's signature laugh. You might, want to, <laughs> you might want to turn the volume down a little bit. For we'll, be, we'll be hearing a lot of it. That, that's awesome. That, that's an incredible, I mean, both of the, all of those are in, incredible stories. And I think it's also really a, a cool story 
<clears throat> that Miss Allison kind of spurned me on a few years ago. Um, the whole family went to Pino's Palette before Miss Allison started her, her own studio. And my grandmother and grandfather were both there. And we had, I, I think we almost filled out the entire place. There's probably- I, like, remember, I know exactly where there, this is going. There, there was probably like four or five other people that weren't part of the family there, but Miss Allison taught the class. And it was my grandfather, my grandmother, and then I was sitting next to my grandmother and then my wife and mother-in-law were next to me. And I, I look over and my mom is, is laughing so hard. <laughs> She's got just tears streaming down her face. And, and I said, what, what happened? And I, I wish I could remember verbatim what Pop-Pop said, but Pop-Pop, I think, drew a circle. It was something like he, he just drew like the first part of the painting or painted the first part. And he just said, ah, God, I ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> he got to the last part. No, the was last like, part. See, was, that's why Miss Allison's whole, here. The whole thing, right? The whole thing. He was enjoying it. You know, he was, and he gets to the last part and he does something and he's like, ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that that was it oh my mom was howling it was it was great so oh man talk about great memories we, we go on for hours just with all the great memories um so let's let's start diving into why you started the studio what what brought that on um well i have had it planted in my head so when I first started working at Pino's, I had had my bachelor's degree, but I wasn't entirely sure what direction to take it in. And I knew that at least if I did something with my degree, it would be better than most people. So I took it and I started teaching at an opportunity that I had at the time. Uh, and I remember going into Pino's for my interview and they asked us, one of the questions that they asked us first was, if you, could have a theme song that played every time you walked in the room, what would it be, right? What a cool fucking question, first of all, for an interview for a place, right? And I said, Bad Moon Rising by Creedence Clearwater Revival, right? And they were like, oh, that's awesome. And then they have a pit bull and it was great. And then the second thing that they asked me was, um, you know, what are, one of the things was, what are your goals? Like, what, what are your goals for being here? Like, where do you want to be in a year from now or four years from now, you know? And I told him, I said, eventually I would like to be either running the show, like not owning the studio, but I would like to be in some kind of position where I'm either lead instructor or I'm helping to actually manage most of these things, you know, make it a, I, to make it a full-time job is what I told him. And, um, so eventually I became one of the lead instructors. So I was the Friday, Saturday night. So I got that far and we were about three years in. And um, at the time I was working two jobs. I was working Pinos on weeknights and on the weekends. And then I was working 40 hours for Bill at the uh, law firm uh, every week. So I thoroughly enjoyed working for Bill and I was his legal assistant for about a year and just kind of helping him organize his life and just see him run his own business for starters and seeing how you know even though I you know I, I enjoyed working at the law firm don't get me wrong I did not leave there because I didn't enjoy what I was doing 
Um, but it was just that Pinos was offering me more opportunities to teach, which it was just becoming too much. So it was enough for me to leave where I was at um, and continue doing what my degree was in, what I'm trying to do with my life, right? And um, so I started working a little bit more at Pinos and then trying to market my own artwork because at that time I'd also started getting commission pieces for holidays. Like that was another thing I was doing on my own time. So really, I, I don't think there's been a time in my life up until I opened my studio. I think I went a straight like four or five years just working three jobs between wow. um, full-time, part-time and commission work for art, even through college. So uh, by the time I was getting ready to leave Bills and start, I, I did my artwork for a year, worked for Pinos for that year. Um, and I realized like, okay, there were certain things, you know, Pinos had been open for three years. So they had, their business model was starting to change a little bit. The way they ran things was starting to change a little bit. There were new rules that were making it less enjoyable to be there. There was unnecessary drama that wasn't there for the first year and a half that we were open because uh, we had all just worked so well together. And it wasn't until the people started going their own different ways and new people started coming in that it really started to shake things up a little bit. Uh, and and there's just certain things that I'm like, you know, and, and of course I've got dad's shit stuck in the back of my head, right? That's saying like, oh, you should be doing this on your own, which is what he said a month after I started working there, you know? And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm just not there yet, dad. I want to learn how to do the things first, you know? Like, <laughs> and, um, so I, I kind of took that into the back of my head and I, I, I thought about all the different resources that I had to me at the time. And I ask the questions that I needed to ask to find out what I was able to do. And I used the resources that I had that was enough to help me at least start and open my own place for uh, roughly about a year. And I, I planned it well enough. I took the time to sit down and budget everything out and figure out what I need, figure out what I don't, uh, and, and just put it together and, and start. And I'm, I know I'm intelligent enough to ask questions if I don't know something. So I can always find the help that I need for the things that I don't know. So when I get there, I'll do that. Uh, and so far I've been open for about a year and a half and I'm finally at the point where I feel organized enough for myself that I have at least a little bit of an idea how this is gonna go uh, and to be able to plan for the next couple of months. The COVID has definitely thrown me through a hell of a loop. Uh, but it hasn't stopped me. <laughs> so here I am. Good, good. Yeah, COVID has been very, very interesting. I think most of my listeners will agree and understand that I really focused on my business and, and even the Slaymaker Success Talks portion of it since COVID hit because I had all this extra time. It was just like, wow, what do I do? Uh, and then I got let go from a job and um, the position got eliminated. It was just the sign of the times. And I kind of knew that when COVID hit, I kind of realized, you know, hey, let's start this backup plan now. Let's, let's do this. I've got, you know, some money in the bank, some severance. This is the perfect time. Um, but I'm glad to see that you're, you know, even, even afloat is, is very, very, very commendable. I mean, I, I have customers of mine that and uh, from my previous job that unfortunately we're not so lucky. Um, so it's, but the one thing I wanted to really touch on that I think has helped you um, become a, or stay afloat is you've done a lot of stuff virtually as well once COVID hit, correct? Um, you know, it's funny. 
could be good. Not really. Really? Um, I know you did a, a few of the yoga classes online. So that, that's so more here's, here's the deal with the yoga, and this is why I get so weird about it. Um, yoga is one of those things that is fun to do and people remember, but it's hard to get people to participate in. So it's wow, that's, really that's very not a profitable thing to go into. So the art side of things is really where the bulk of my income comes from. Uh, and it's really, you know, the main focus of the studio. Like I even have a sign on the outside, on the outside of my door that lists all of the things that we do in the studio. And at the very bottom, it goes dot, dot, dot. And sometimes we yoga. <laughs> so the point is I want people to understand that like especially when it comes to supporting the studio the art is really the important base of what I do however the yoga is something that I'm going to be doing for myself regardless and I would rather always do it with other people so I know if I'm going to be doing it I open it up to whoever wants to join it's at the point where I'm telling people, you know, I have some people that like to pay, you know, 10 bucks per class because it's just simple and they know that they feel like they've, you know, compensated or reciprocated. But I also tell people, if you don't feel like dipping into your pockets, I don't really feel like people should have to pay to learn how to take care of their bodies. Yoga is something that can literally benefit everybody in every different way if you choose to let it. So um, awesome. I tell people, you know, you either, you know, if you're comfortable shooting me 10 bucks on Venmo or whatever, cool. But if you would also want to rather share a post of my artwork on your Facebook page, cool. I'll accept that too. You're helping me network. Just a post share of something to do with my art, whether it's a paint party or a commission piece that you like. Awesome. Welcome to class. Don't bother dipping into your wallet. Let me help you relieve some pain or get some energy or sleep tonight or lose some weight. I don't know, whatever it is for you, we'll figure it out, you know, but so that's well, kind of, like I said, or like you said, you, you are intelligent. <laughs> that's, that's perfect. I, I believe I, I couldn't, there's no way I could not reference our favorite comedian and John Panay when he said, there is no such thing as beginner yoga. You walk in for your first class and they go, okay, take your head and stick it up your ass. <laughs> and and always, everyone listening at home. People, like, listen, you don't start doing yoga because you already know how to do yoga. That's, that's very good. You don't do yoga because you can already do yoga. Like, you go because you want to learn. Everybody is at a different place with their lives, with their bodies, with what their needs are. It's all totally individual, which you'll hear every yogi say and give you the spiel for. But um, it's true, though. You know, you, if you want to make those changes, yoga is the best way to do it because it is the least amount of resistance. It is literally the most you can possibly make your body do without physically getting off of the floor and feeling like you did something. <laughs> you just mentioned that you want you like people or you like helping people take care of their bodies. I think that is a perfect segue into one of your other passions, and that is your work with medical cannabis, correct? Ooh, yeah. Go for it. The floor is yours. <laughs> okay. Um, so part of some of the artwork that I've been producing over the last few years have been little um, mini, oh, I have them, they're just not here at the moment. Um, but there are little mini canvases uh, that are of different strains of, of cannabis. 
Uh, and we, I, I say cannabis, you will not hear me use the word marijuana. I just, I'm trying to help change that stigma. People who are working in the medical fields, uh, professionals now that are leading all of the research, we're all, they'll all tell you the same thing. We're trying to change the language that people use when they talk about it because there's such a stigma behind the term marijuana, especially politically from the early 1930s on up. I could go for hours on it. Um, so we're just trying to uh, change the language a little bit so it helps change how people you know, look at it and see it. Um, so I, I started these little paintings of these cannabis strains, and I have you know, a, a particular network of people that are interested in them. Uh, and so when I first started um, thinking of certain business ideas that I could do with it when the time comes that it's allowed to happen, uh, I'm just kind of planting seeds to let people know what my ideas are. That way, when the time comes that I can bring them to fruition, I've already have my toes in the pot and people are already um, aware that I'm available to do certain things. So um, basically, where am I going with this? Hmm. <laughs> I could just go, I could, I could go for hours. So I had these paintings um, and now since it's become medically uh, available in Pennsylvania, I found a doctor and was able to get prescribed for my medical card for uh, muscular issues and anxiety. So I have uh, things that are on both ends of the spectrum. I use it for uh, mental problems, <laughs> if you will, uh, and also for physical problems. So it's nice to be able to kind of have that balance. I can say, hey, I know certain things work and certain things don't, and here's why. Um, and uh, it's, it's interesting overcoming the stigma and trying to be a successful human being in this this, this world's day in society as things are changing and there's still a lot of um, older conservative people who have a different view on it. And not that I blame them. We all have our own understandings and experiences on why things are the way they are and how we came to know about them. Um, but right back at you, you know, I do too. So... Good. I know you're incredibly passionate about the work that you do with the, the medical cannabis and, and that in general. So I wanted to make sure you got a chance to plug it. Well, thank you. Of course. Um, <clears throat> let me let me just check something here. So, Miss Allison, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with something a little hard. Um, and this this question just kind of popped up as we got on the conversation of pop hop and and stuff like that. Um, for our listeners viewing at home, Allison and Miss Allison and I suffered a pretty shitty loss last year, followed directly by our grandfather. And this was in the middle of her trying to maintain and keep her business up and running. Um, it was our little brother, and it sucked a lot. <clears throat> but how did you manage to navigate through that as a business owner? Um, well, that first month was rough. <laughs> I definitely spent like a solid two or three years prior to opening my business, just learning how to get myself into a routine where I wake up early in the morning and I eat right and I do my yoga and I go to sleep and I get my sleep. Uh, so it took me a solid like month and a half, maybe almost two months after Ben died before I could even like start to find that momentum which even now honestly I have to say I am finally just now in the last few months getting back into where I want to be with that I'm, I've been building up to it you know I haven't let it completely and totally destroy me 
Um, but as far as finding a routine, it has definitely been hard. Um, but at the same time, it's motivating. Um, my art, you know, of course, I've painted guitars and lots of musical things and things that are all about Ben, you know, um, even, um, you know, I think depending on how you look at death, you know, and I don't know if it's because I'm a yogi and, and being a part of that has kind of changed how I view things in the world and, you know, and my, the people that I call that are my friends, you know, I, I say, you know, death is just as much as a part of life as birth and weddings and things that happen to everybody. You know, it's just that one thing that we're uncomfortable talking about. Um, so I, I think once you come to a certain understanding about it, you don't fear it as much and it doesn't hurt you as badly. And I think a lot of it too is, you know, my relationship with Ben was really good. I can honestly say that I said, I love you to my brother. The last time I talked to him, I can honestly say I loved him for everything that he was and everything that he did. I have no, no regrets about that. There's nothing in me that's, that feels like, you know, I, I should have said something differently or I should have done something differently because I know I was the best big, you know, he was my best friend. So I know losing him was probably a lot harder on everybody else than it was for me too, because of that. So for me, it was more of a motivation, more of a reason to just ignore all the shit and just keep doing what I'm doing because wow, what an awful thing to happen a month after you open your fucking business, right? and ruin everything or you can use it as a reason to just block everybody else and keep doing whatever the fuck you're doing and just keep moving and do it better <laughs> well and, i think um, it i i love that you mentioned the routine part of it um a guest that i recently recorded with we had a discussion about how insanely important and helpful and crucial a routine is no matter i mean even if you didn't experience what you and i did um so it, it's it's awesome to hear you say that and I, I think that's incredible and I think as much as I wish we didn't have to deal with what we did I, I guess I'm almost at a point where I can say it made us stronger but blah 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 that's cliche bullshit <laughs> um, listen I still break down in the car when I'm driving to the studio and it's a beautiful day and some fucking ACDC comes on okay I can't <laughs> I can't help it, it the, wind, the, wind could blow. the wind could blow in the wrong direction and I'm like but you know, at the same time, <laughs> you could sneeze and it would just be all go, all go to shit. Damn it. <laughs> but you know, Ben would also not want us to let it ruin ourselves. Either. No, no, definitely. Ben, ben would say, well, you can't do anything about it. Might as well enjoy it. <laughs> That's what we did best to yeah. every, to some people's dismay, I guess. But <laughs> So before, before we wrap up, um, and believe it or not, I don't think we're going to have to do any editing for this video. It's, it's been perfect. And so far the most fun that I have had doing a Slaymaker success talk. So, <laughs> um, what are your, do you have any goals upcoming that you're working towards for either just personally or with the studio? Um, so now that COVID is kind of, well, you know, your goals are always changing, especially as the demand for different things are changing. So 
right now I actually am starting to get people back into the studio for those in-person classes and that is so nice like my commissions have been great and it's it's been wonderful to have that work and know that I'm I have that sustainability there but I, I really, really, really love to teach. So it's, I finally am starting to fill classes up again. So I guess my, my future goal for the next year, at least, is to get those classes a little more fluent, get a little more people coming in regularly to take classes um, and just kind of pushing that flow a little bit more for the next year, because that's really what I want to do. Um, and uh for now, we're just going to see where that takes us. Um, I'm just going to let it grow however it grows. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm reaching for every star that I want and uh, with every opportunity that I can and just taking the ones that I, it's just how it works. Take what you can, grow from there. Take what you can, grow from there. Oh, that's great. Do you have any advice for people who are looking to achieve success, either at entrepreneurially, personally, anything? Um, I would say don't be afraid to talk about it. And I, I think the reason that I'm saying this is because I've had, uh, especially since I've moved into Columbia, I've made a lot of friends with a lot of other small business owners. Uh, and I've noticed that sometimes a lot of people are afraid that they have these ideas of things that they want to do right and we are our own worst critics we will talk ourselves out of everything if we can if it means we have to do less work it's in our nature it sucks it's why it's hard to get people on the mat for yoga classes so you gotta you know at the same time people are also afraid of criticism Right. So you're afraid if I tell somebody that this is my idea and this is what I'm doing, I'm afraid it's going to get shot down. Right. So people just sit and they're stagnant and they don't talk about those things. You can plan as much as you want, but at some point in time, you're going to have to talk and communicate with people in order to get what you want. Right. Very now, cool. the other side of that is that if you don't get your criticism and this also, I guess it comes from being an artist, right? Critique, criticism comes at the end of every art class. We see what we're doing, figure out ways we can make it better. Um, you can't do that without talking to people, right? And other people are also going to give you ideas. Their ideas, the things that you didn't see because you're stuck inside your own fucking little head. So talk to people about what you're doing. Let them know what you're doing. Plant those seeds so that when you come back around in the next two or three years and you finally open up shop, they know you're there. They know what you're doing and they're already helping get new business before you even open the door. So please do not be afraid to talk about what you are doing to every single person and every opportunity you get, because you never know who might know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. And those know somebodies are going to end up being your best best customers in the next two or three years. That is excellent and incredible advice. So finally, last but not least, I will turn the floor over to you. Uh, literally, you can say anything, plug anything, whatever you want, the floor is yours. Um, I really don't have, <laughs> I'm not really sure what else to say other than give me more questions. Um, but I guess <laughs> I, if you have any questions for me, um, are you planning on posting uh, contact information with this so people can email me website? Okay, so please feel free to uh, message me on any social media, any form of communication. If you have questions about yoga classes, art classes, paintings, 
commission pieces. Um, I really am very responsive. I, I'm very, I'm always on my phone, unfortunately. I hate saying that, but it's true. Um, but uh, there's no such thing as a stupid question. I was born to teach. You can, I, I understand that people sometimes learn differently than others and that you need things explained to you in different ways. So if there's something that you don't understand, feel free to reach out and just ask. Awesome. All right, Miss Allison, thank you very much. It has been a pleasure. Thank you, Kyle. Absolutely. And for our viewers at home, stay tuned for the next Slaymaker Success Talk.